Chapter 4 Total darkness blotted out the sea, and it became cold and damp. Timothy took the shelter down, and we both pulled our shirts and pants back on. They were stiff from salt and felt clammy. The wind picked up, blowing fine, chill spray across the raft. Then the stars came out. We stayed in the middle of the raft, side by side, as it drifted aimlessly over the sea. Stew Cat rubbed his back against the bottoms of my feet and then curled up down there. I was glad because he was warm. I was thinking that it was very strange for me, a boy from Virginia, to be laying beside this giant negro out on the ocean. And I guess maybe Timothy was thinking the same thing. Once our bodies touched, we both drew back. But I drew back faster. In Virginia, I knew they'd always lived in their sections of town and us in ours. A few times I'd gone down through the shacks of Colored Town with my father. They sold spicy crabs in one shack, I remembered. I saw them mostly in the summer, down by the river, fishing or swimming naked, but I didn't really know any of them. And in Willemstad, I didn't know them very well either. Henrik von Boven did, though, and he was much easier with them. I asked, Timothy, where is your home? St. Thomas, he said. Charlotte Amalay on St. Thomas, he added. Tis a virgin island. Then you are American, I said. I remembered from school that we had bought the virgins from Denmark. He laughed. I suppose, young pass, I never gave it much thought. I sell all the islands, as well as Venezuela, Colombo, Panama. I just never gave it much thought. I was American. I said, your parents were African, Timothy. He laughed low and soft. Young Pass, you want me to say I true come from Africa? You say what you want. It was just that Timothy looked very much like the men I'd seen in jungle pictures. Flat nose and heavy lips. He shook his head. I've no recollection of anything except these islands. Tis pure outrageous but I do not remember anything about a place called Africa. I didn't know if he was telling the truth or not. He looked pure African, I said. What about your mother? Now there was deep laughter in his voice. Tis even more outrageous. I do not remember a thing of my mother. I was raised by a woman called Hannah Gums. Then you are an orphan, I said. I guess, young Bahas, I guess. He was chuckling to himself, rich and deep. I looked over toward him, but again, he was just a shadowy shape, a large mound. How old are you, Timothy? I asked. De fact is also very mysterious. Little more than 60, cause the muscle in my legs be speaking to me, complaining all the time. But to be true, I do not know exact. I was amazed that any man shouldn't know his own age. I was also certain now that Timothy had indeed come from Africa, but I didn't tell him that. I said, I'm almost 12. I wanted him to know I was almost 12 so that he would stop treating me as though I were half that age. That is a very important age, Timothy agreed. Now you mustn't get some natural sleep. Tomorrow might be a very long day and we have much to do. I laughed. There we were on that bucking raft with nothing to do except watch for schooners or aircraft. What do we have to do? I asked. His eyes groped through the darkness for mine. 
he came up on his elbows. Stay alive, young Bahas. That's what we've have to do. Soon it became very cold and I began shivering. Part of it was coldness, but there was also fear. If the, tipped, if the raft tipped over, sharks would slash at us, I knew. My head was aching violently again. During the day, the pain had been dull, and now it was shooting along both sides of my head. Once, sometime during the early night, I felt his horny hand on my forehead. Then he lifted my body, placing it on the other side of him. He murmured, Young Bahas, the wind as shift. You'll be warmer on this side. I was still shivering, and soon he gathered me against him, and Stew Cat came back to a warm ball against my feet. I could now smell Timothy, tucked up against me. He didn't smell like my father or my mother. Father always smelled of bay rum, the shaving lotion he used, and mother smelled of some kind of perfume or cologne. Timothy smelled different and strong, like the black men who worked on the decks of the tankers when they were loading. After a while, I didn't mind the smell because Timothy's back was very warm. The raft plunged on across the light swells throughout the long night. I do not think he slept much during the night, but I'd been told that old people didn't sleep much anyway. I woke up when there was a pale band of light to the east, and Timothy said, You farewell, young Bahas. How is you to Ed? It still hurts, I admitted. Timothy said, A crack on to Ed takes a few days to go away. He opened the trap on the raft to pull out the water keg and the tin containing the biscuits, the chocolate squares, and dry matches. I sat up feeling dizzy. He allowed me half a cup of water and two hard biscuits, then fed Stew Cat with a wedge of leftover flying fish. We ate in silence as the light crept steadily over the smooth, oily sea. The wind had died and already the sun was beginning to scorch. Timothy chewed slowly on half a biscuit. Today, young Bahas, the schooner will pass. I'd bet a jum on dat. I hope so, I said. I do tink we are not too far from Providencia and San Andres. I looked hard at Timothy. Are they islands? He nodded. I kept looking at him. It seemed there was a film, a haze, separating us. I rubbed my eyes and opened them again. But the haze was still there. I glanced over at the red ball of sun, now clear of the horizon. It seemed dim. I said, I think there is something wrong with my eyes. Timothy said, I warn you, you looked direct at the sun yesterday. Yes, that was it. I looked at the sun too much. Today, Timothy, Timothy said, do not even look at the water. The glare is bad too. He went about setting up the triangles for our shelter, and I took off my clothes. After he had draped my pants and shirt, I got under the shelter. The pain in my head was almost unbearable now, and I remember moaning. Timothy tore off a piece of his shirt from the shelter roof, soaked it in fresh water, and placed it over my eyes. There was worry in his voice as he talked. A while later, I took the cloth off my eyes and looked up. The inside of our shelter was shadowy and dark but the pain had begun to go away. It doesn't hurt as much anymore, I said. Ah, see, it just takes time, young Bahas. I put the cool cloth back over my eyes and went to sleep again. 
When I woke up, it was night, yet the air felt hot, and the breeze that came across the raft was warm. I lay there thinking. What time is it? I asked. About ten. At night? There was puzzlement in his voice. Tis day. I put my hand in front of my face. Even in the very blackest night, you can see your own hand. But I cannot see mine. I screamed to Timothy, I'm blind, I'm blind. What? His voice was a frightened roar. Then I knew he was bending over me. I felt his breath in my face. He said, young Bahas, you cannot be blind. He pulled me roughly from the shelter. Look at the sun, he ordered. His hands pointed my face. I felt the strong warmth against it, but everything was black. The silence seemed to last forever as he held my face toward the sun. Then a long, shuddering sigh came from his great body. He said very gently, Now, young Bahas, you must lie down and rest. What has happened will go away. Tis all natural, temporary. But his voice was hollow. I got down on the hot boards, blinking my eyes again and again, trying to lift the curtain of blackness. I touched them. They did not feel any different. Then I realized that the pain had gone away. It had gone away, but left me blind. I could hear my voice saying far off, I don't feel any pain, Timothy. The pain has gone away. I guess he was trying to think it all out. In a few minutes, he answered, Once over round Barbados, a man had an outrageous crack and dead when a sailing boom shift. This man was blind too. Three whole days, saw night. Then it went away. Do you think that is what will happen to me? I think that be true, young Bahas, he said. Then he became very quiet. After a moment, lying there in darkness, hearing the creak of the raft and feeling its motion, it all hit me. I was blind and we were lost at sea. I began to crawl, screaming for my mother and my father, but felt his hard hands on my arms. He held me tight and said, low and soft, Young Bass, Young Bass. He kept repeating it. I'll never forget that first hour of knowing I was blind. I was so frightened that it was hard for me to breathe. It was as if I'd been put inside something that was all dark and I couldn't get out. I remember that at one point my fear turned to anger, anger at Timothy for not letting me stay in the water with my mother, and anger at her because I was on the raft. I began hitting him, and I remember him saying, if that will make you, if that will make you feel better, go ahead. After a while, I felt very tired and fell back on the hot boards. Chapter 5. I guess it was toward noon on the third day aboard the raft that Timothy said tensely, I hear a mota. A mota? Shh! I listened. Yes, yes. There was a far-off engine around coming in faintly above the slap of the sea. Then I could hear Timothy moving around. Tis an aircraft, he said. My heart began to pound. They were looking for us. I felt around, then crawled from beneath the shelter to look toward the sound but I could see nothing. I heard the hinges on the trapdoor creak, Timothy said quietly, as though afraid to chase the sound away. It knowing what we do in air by seeing smoke, I do believe. 
He ripped down one of the triangle legs, and I heard cloth tearing. Soon he said, We made de torch, young behass. They're going to see them smoke, all right. The faint drone of the aircraft seemed closer now. In a moment, I smelled cloth burning and knew he was holding the wrapped piece of wood toward the sky. He shouted, Look down here! But already the drone seemed to be fading. Timothy yelled, I see it, I see it, way to port! I tried to make my eyes cut through the darkness. Is he coming our way? Don't know, don't know, young Bass, Timothy replied anxiously. I said, I can't hear it now. There was nothing in the air but the sea sounds. Timothy shouted, Look down here! There is a raft with a little blind boy, an old man, and stew cat. Look down here, I tell you. The drone could not be heard, just the slap of the water and the sound of the light wind making our shelter flap. We were alone again on the ocean. After a moment of silence, I heard the sizzle of the water as Timothy doused the torch. He sighed deeply. I'll be ready next time for true. Let the torch dry. Then I be ready. Soon he sat down beside me. Tis a good thing not to harass the old, the old soul. We are edging into aircraft track, same as the ship day run. I said nothing, but put my head down on my knees. Do not be disheartened, young Bahas. Today we will be found to be true. But the long hot day was passing without sight of anything. I knew Timothy was constantly scanning the sea. It was all so calm now that the raft didn't even seem to be drifting. Once I crawled over to the edge to touch the warm water and felt Timothy right behind me. He said, careful young Bahas, the shark's always hungry, always waiting for you to fall overboard. Drawing back from the edge, I asked, are there many here? Yes, many here. But long as we have our raft, they do not mess with us. Standing on the seawall at Willemstad, sometimes I'd see their fins in the water. I'd also seen them on the dock at the Ryerdark Market, their mouths open and their sharp teeth grinning. I went back under the shelter, spending a long time rubbing stew cat. He purred and pushed himself along my body. I was glad that I had seen him and seen Timothy before going blind. I thought how awful it would have been to awaken on the raft and not known what they looked like. Timothy must have been standing over us, for he said, "'Dat caught, not good luck.' After a moment, he added, "'But to cause the death of a cot is very bad luck.' "'I don't think stew cat is bad luck,' I said." I'm glad he's here with us. Timothy did not answer, but turned back, I guess to watch the sea again. I could imagine those bloodshot eyes set in the massive scarred black face sweeping over the sea. Tell me what's out there, Timothy, I said. It was very important to know that now. I wanted to know everything that was out there. He laughed. Just miles of blue water, miles of blue water. Nothing else? He realized what I meant. Oh, to be sure, young Bahas, I see a fresh jump way forward. That mean large fish chasing him. Then a while back, a turtle passed us portside, but too far out to reach him back. His eyes were becoming mine. What's in the sky, Timothy? In the sky? He searched it. Mm, 
No clouds, young Bahas. Just blue like twas yesterday. But now and then, I see a petrel. While ago, a booby. I laughed for the first time all day. It was a funny name for a bird. A booby? Timothy was quite serious. This booby I saw was a blue face, maybe nesting out on the bank, maybe not, maybe feeding on dem flying fish. I true watching the birds, cause they tell us we're close to the shore. How does a booby look, Timothy? Not much, he replied. Tail like our chocolate shark beak, moss white on its body. I tried to picture it, wondering if I'd ever see a bird again. Chapter 6 In the early morning, I knew it was early because the air was still cool and there was dampness on the boards of the raft. I heard Timothy shout, I see an island true! In wild excitement, I stumbled up and fell overboard. I went under the water yelling for him, then came up gasping. I heard a splash and knew he was in the water too. Something slapped up against my leg and I thought it was Timothy. I knew how to swim but didn't know which way to go. So I was treading water. Then I heard Timothy's frightened roar, Sharks! And he was thrashing about near me. <coughs> he grabbed my hair with one hand and used his other arm to drag me back toward the raft. I had turned on my face and was trying to hold my breath. Then I felt my body being thrown and I was back on the boards of the raft grasping for air. I knew that Timothy was still in the water because I could hear splashing and cursing. The raft tilted down suddenly on one side. Timothy was back aboard. Panting, he bit over me and he yelled, Damn fool, man! I told you about those sharks! I knew Timothy was in a rage. I could hear his heavy breaking and knew he was staring at me. Shark all around us, all the time, he roared. I said, I'm sorry. Timothy said, On this raft, you crawl, young behass. You hear me? I nodded. His voice was thick with anger, but in a moment, after he took several deep breaths, he asked, You all right, young bass? I guess he sat down beside me to rest. His breathing was still heavy. Finally, he said, Man, die quick out there. We'd forgotten about the island. I said, Timothy, you saw an island? He, yeah, he laughed, Yes, the island. There it is. I said, Where? Timothy answered scornfully, Dare, look, Mahan, look. Angrily, I said to him, I can't see. He kept forgetting that. His voice was low when he said, Yes, young bass, that be true. In all this harassment with the sharks, I did forget. Then I felt his hands on my shoulders. He twisted them. That direction, young bass. Straining to look where he had pointed me, I asked, Are there any people on it? Tis a very small island, outrageous low. I repeated, are there any people on it? I thought they could contact my father and then send for help. Timothy answered honestly, no, young bass, no people. People not be living on that island. Dad has no water. No people? No water? No food? No phones? It was not any better than the raft. In fact, it might be worse. How far away are we? About two mile, Timothy said. Maybe we should stay on the raft. A schooner will see us or an airplane, Timothy said positively. No, we better off on land. 
and we'd drift in that way. They'd be running with us. His voice was happy. He wanted to be off the sea. I was certain my father had planes and ships out looking for us, I said. Timothy, the Navy is searching for us, I know. Timothy did not answer me. He just said, "'Tis a pretty ting, to be sure. I see a white beach, and behind that, low sea great bushes. Then on a hill, some palm, maybe twenty, thirty palm. I was sure he couldn't even see that far. I said, Timothy, wouldn't it be better if we stayed on the raft and found a big island with people on it? He ignored me. He said, Bidden tonight, I saw surf washing white over banks off to port, but did not awaken you, young behass, but knew we'd be getting near decays. I said, I don't want to go on that island. I don't think there was anyone on earth as stubborn as old Timothy. There was steel in his voice when he answered, We be going on dat island, young bass. Dat be true. But he knew how I felt now because he added, For dis island, we will get help. Be true, I swear. Until next time. <laughs>